0: You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds. Hey, sports fans, welcome to Sports Nerds. Here are your hosts, Dr. Samuel J. and Dr. Brian Schrader.
1: Schrader, my friend, how are you doing today? Good. How are you, man? I am doing well. I am excited for Iowa football tomorrow, and so uh, my Fridays prior to Iowa football games are usually
0: pretty exciting. Yeah, Playing that position of respect, the the day game, the coveted 11 o'clock spot, Iowa is... No, it's a 2.30 Not game. like the uh, prime time... Michigan Notre Dame good football game of tomorrow.
1: Oh, because it's on NBC. <laughs> yeah, just because so, yeah.
0: Right.
1: yeah, don't give Michigan too much credit at all. Uh, this is Sports Nerds, everybody. We are here. We are back. Uh, we took we didn't take a week off, but last week obviously Tim Dwight was on the show. So Brian, he took I the took week, a week off. off. But uh, you took the week off before we jump into today's fantastic show. And everyone,
0: everyone loved the show, so apparently I should do that more often.
1: I think it was just because he was a an Iowa alumni, oh, okay. and the vast majority of our listeners are from the great state of Iowa, so that's that could very much be what it is. That could be it. That's my guess. Uh, folks, Instagram, we are there at sports.nerds. We're on Twitter at underscore sportsnerds, and we are at Facebook, fb.me slash sportsnerds. And, Brian, this week we hit the threshold to get a customized URL on youtube and so folks can go there it's just youtube slash c which i'm not sure where that is mm. slash sports nerds so you got to add the c in there make, make sure you get the slash c slash sports nerds but we are getting a shitload of views on youtube it is crazy and comments and people i guess thought not that our video quality is great but i think that's probably an easy way for people to listen at work is maybe to throw that up in the corner and uh, and consume some what we hope are some good arguments. Yeah,
0: it's just searchable too. You can just go to YouTube and type in sports nerds.
1: All the all the old videos, yeah, it
0: shows up. It's cool.
1: It's good stuff. There we are. Okay, we put this stuff. Oh, Catherine CJ says hi, nerds. Hello, Catherine CJ. You look a Nepotism. lot like my wife. You probably interesting
0: her to come in. Nepotism. Look at that watch.
1: support. Hey, I thought I thought let's do something fun this week. Because this is going to – we'll post this probably tomorrow morning um, while I'm waiting for my flight uh, uh, elsewhere. And I thought, let's do this. Anybody who is willing or wanting to listen to the Sports Nerds podcast while tailgating tomorrow – Garrett. well, the while tailgating. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. I guess there's football games every day basically this weekend. Uh, and you can document that with a video and then share that video in some sort of social media platform – we will send you a koozie. And I know a lot of folks already have koozies, but the number of people who actually watch the show compared to the people who actually have koozies uh, is not even. There are way more folks who consume our content than actually have those sweet beer sleeves. So that's the deal. Document yourself listening to the podcast while tailgating. We will send you a koozie.
0: It could even be like you couch
1: like- tailgating. It could be couch-, couch tailgating. Absolutely. By yourself. That's by yourself. I mean, I think if you can do it, any way, shape, or form, um, we will definitely make that happen. I like that idea. I came up that with that today in the shower. So it's I was a, naked. The best I was idea naked this. and I came up with that idea. I, I think nice. Some of
0: my best thinking is happening. It's with, an incubation period, right, when you're not trying to think, but – Good things happen. Did you see that Andrew McCutcheon got traded to the Yankees? Does that matter? I did, late last night. I yeah. can't I can't podcast right now. I have to read up on Andrew McCutcheon. Mm. Shout out to uh, to
1: the great Dan Lair, who actually said he predicted that happening
0: uh, about six weeks ago.
1: And... When, when his
0: Giants shit the bed.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, he thought, and he said the Yankees too, which um, it works out for the Giants. I think they got a guy who, when he was going to play another, what, five weeks, with with the Giants and they end up getting something for him and it worked out so smart move by the Giants smart move for the Yankees to get somebody uh in there that has uh you know I wouldn't say a ton of postseason experience but certainly a, a veteran player mm-hmm. but hey was we're they, gonna jump gonna back pay, to baseball
0: 15 million dollars this year sorry for one year wow that's good though yeah for the yeah, Yankees four, have that money yeah, I was gonna oh. say who's, who's picking up the majority that I wonder.
1: I'm not sure. Though. I would like to see, uh, oh. the the specifics of that. He's contract. actually pretty good this year. One ten OPS plus. He's been much better since the All Star break for sure. He's been pretty solid. So good for Kutch. Happy for him. Um, we're gonna jump back into baseball, the back half of this show. But I thought we'd start with some depressing news, Brian. Um, so all of you who are drinking and tailgating right now, make sure you crack open a fresh beer because we've got some some. Uh, Not fun stuff to discuss first. Let's begin with this Kaepernick story. So yesterday, last night, that would have been Thursday evening, the 30th, it came out that the NFL, who had tried to, I guess, um, the Kaepernick collusion case went to an arbiter. The NFL pushed the arbiter to basically make a decision or a summarization without pushing the case
0: forward into court. Uh, The arbiter basically... Yeah, summary judgment is just like asks the judge to kind of kill the case before it yep. even really starts yep. on the basis of not having sufficient evidence to pursue. Uh,
1: that is true. That is true, true, true. And the arbiter said no. So uh, basically, uh, like I liked Yahoo sports, a remember who wrote it said that it looks like there is smoke. There may not be fire, but there is certainly smoke here. There's enough smoke to actually push it into the legal system. So um, that's where things stand now. There was an article both in Sports Illustrated that Brian and I read that came out this morning the Bleacher Report just kind of had a summarization of things, but the Sports Illustrated article was was a solid one. I really thought that that was that was good. It really broke into broke down the situation and explained what's going on and what it means for the NFL. And the I guess do you have any comments about this before we start picking it apart?
0: Yeah, I mean there was a really interesting part in that, in that same article I think that you're mentioning that that pointed out that you know the, the the reason there might be cause for concern that there might be smoke in the in the, the you know decision to not issue summary judgment on the part of that um, arbitration person um, is that it also retained all thirty or thirty two is thirty NFL teams whatever number of NFL teams there are as um, I, I guess defendants or, or whatever um, and and it sort of explained that you know for their for a collusion claim to happen not not even every team in the NFL has to has to kind of collude to prevent a player from getting signed or to, you know, collude to not pay players as much as the, their fair market value. Um, only 14, actually. And then the other part that's kind of interesting is what's being cited as evidence by Colin Kaepernick's um, attorneys, by his lawyers, are uh, the, the recordings from that NFL meeting from, what, what was that, like seven or eight months ago at this point, um, where that the NFL people got together. And this is the one where they, they did a little crap talking about Trump. They were like, he's messing with our stuff you know, we should do, you know, for kind of political expedience. That's what we, we talked about a few weeks ago, like
1: maybe a couple months ago, we discussed that.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where They had those recordings, yeah. but basically his lawyers are saying that the NFL owners got together and had this discussion about how the NFL anthem protests are messing with their bottom line is proof that they were colluding to not sign Colin Kaepernick because by logical extension, he would restoke those fires that might piss off Donald Trump or, you know, people who agree with him about national anthem protests and, and again, the, the, the bottom line for the NFL, it might hurt, hurt their, their, how much money they make. So, I mean, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize that, that, I mean, I knew like there was Kaepernick and then a result of that was this blowback and, you know, more national anthem protests, but it kind of is circled back now where Kaepernick is saying, Hey, look, you know, the, the, the statements issued by the president and the resulting conversations by the ownership prove my point that, that teams got together and said we can't sign this guy because, um, you know, he's, he's, he's causing controversy. That's, that's not making us money, which is interesting. That's always been my kind of defense of the ownership. And it's not been a very full throated one, but kind of like, I guess I understand why you would choose not to sign somebody who's a lightning rod. Right. This is, I've always understood why teams didn't want Tebow, right? Like he's a, he's a backup quarterback who's going to generate way too much press. And he's going to, you know, just piss people off. And you're in a fan base calling for him to start games when he has no athletic reason for doing so. So I've always kind of understood that, but what's happening here is, um, the Kaepernick's legal team is arguing that that's not an excuse that actually proves the point, right? That you're you're not signing him because he doesn't have athletic ability. You're signing him for for other reasons, and you're getting together and saying, "Hey, look, let's all not do this." Seems seems pretty fucked up to me. Well, no, I, I mean it really does. I think it's what's what's kind of I don't know when you say
1: ironic, but certainly interesting about this is there's this added element that came out a couple of weeks ago, I think two or three weeks ago, John Elway's comments about Kaepernick uh, I, I think he might have done this at Dove Valley uh, here in Denver but you know basically right- I, I really hope you can explain those to me because I don't get okay it. yeah I, I, the, I think I can explain it through somebody else's interpretation but what we are about to discuss in terms of John Elway's comments are it will actually it appears be a major force in this collusion case like this this could be one of the the key pieces that uh, the Kaepernick uh, team needs to prove collusion so basically, uh, the f- you know, in I gotta look at the I gotta make sure. Let's see, I get the dates correctly. Correct, excuse me. Um, it was when I was out there. I it think. was should so have only been well, two or three weeks ago. Where is it? Oh shoot! I had it. I had it. I had the dates. Um, um, there we go. Okay, so um, April two thousand sixteen, uh, Elway had brought up the idea. And apparently there were actual discussions with Kaepernick or his agent of signing him here to the, in the, in the, uh, for the Broncos. Uh, $7 million was apparently the offer on the table. And by the end of, let's see, so that was April 2016. And then in March, right, March 2017, so almost a year later, which is basically one year after, or sorry, one year in which the protest happened. Uh, that offer was off the table. And the point is, that's ironic because Kaepernick actually had a better season, I believe. He played better in 2016 than he had the season prior uh, in which, you know, I guess Elway was thinking about offering offering him $7 million. So to clarify my comments there, uh, what you have is uh, the Broncos being interested in Kaepernick prior to the protests, um, showing a willingness to paying him up to $7 million for a one-year contract. After the protest, and specifically after a season in which he was better than the season after which he was offered the contract, there is no offer on the table anymore, and they show no interest. So, if you look at this, it I, apparently I don't know how it's going to work in in court. You know, I'm not quite sure. Obviously, in a criminal court, it's going to be uh, it would be much different than than perhaps in in a civil court. But certainly, it it shows that Elway and the Broncos. And maybe the other NFL owners that are part of this case does, had no desire to sign Kaepernick, despite his talent, but beti- despite his potential, solely on the protesting. And perhaps, as you're pointing out, uh, the influence of the now president of the United States, Donald Trump. Is that your understanding of the entire situation? I, I tried to really parse through that and make sense of it. Is that yeah. your read?
0: Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, this is – I mean, I, dude, I don't, I don't know how, how this is going to shake out. I don't have the – the the legal expertise or knowledge to 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 really weigh in but it seems to me that you know like a lot of these more complex criminal issues you kind of have to prove state of mind right yeah because the, the the you can't force teams to sign players if they don't want to sign them but at the same time you can't have organizations not signing people for the wrong reasons right does that make sense mm-hmm. and this by the way this, this this goes back to not all that long ago when NFL teams just didn't you know sign minorities at all they didn't sign African Americans when the NFL was totally um, white and that was you know pr- probably some some collusion going on there a sort of unspoken agreement to, to not do that until that that finally got broken down but it's it's tricky because you know you can you can the 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 law that's being broken here or the the norm that's being broken is not the action that you're taking, but the reason that you're taking it. And what you're pointing out with Elway is, you know, logically it doesn't make sense to have an offer on the table in a year where Kaepernick has X numbers and then to remove it the next year when he's doing better, that that seems fishy, right? That, 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 that maybe lends itself to an explanation that says, Oh, we're not, not rescinding that offer because he's gotten worse. We're rescinding that offer because, you know, other non-football sort of related issues. Um, The other thing I forgot to point out in the article that you sent me, I didn't know this until I read it this morning, to be honest, that if this arbitration case goes in Kaepernick's favor, it means that the NFLPA, the Players Association, can basically cancel the collective bargaining agreement, can walk away from the collective bargaining agreement. Say that again? Can you say that one more time? Yeah, that if if the ar- ar- the arbitration uh, is it is it arbiter <laughs> arbitrationist, but yeah, yeah. the judge, whatever his name is, if that person rules in favor of Kaepernick that there was in fact collusion by the NFL to keep him from being signed, the NFLPA can basically cancel the existing uh, contract, the collective bargaining agreement that they have wow. with the NFL, because wow. collusion would be in violation of it. And I guess what would happen is they could go back and renegotiate uh, the collective bargaining agreement or potentially it's a strike situation. I'm not totally sure. But that's interesting. This is not just about Kaepernick. This is about whether or not players as as a collective body, as a, a body that can collectively bargain, have had their rights violated by the by the NFL, right? So this, I mean, it, op- it opens up a really big can of worms. Yeah. Wow.
1: Hey, and shout out, shout out, by the way, um, before we wrap this one up to Nikki javala Hab- who's actually here in Denver. She writes for The Atlantic and interesting, interesting person, interesting journalist. Um, she's basically found her footing here in Denver and uh, in a place where everybody's got, let's say, I, we can be a bit crass because we're no longer on the radio. John Elway's um, testicles in their <laughs> mouth, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh Nicky is definitely not one of those people uh, because Mike Kliss does. I'll tell you that. That dude loves him some John Elway and some Broncos. And so I think it's great. I think it's fantastic that, that this story obviously comes from here in Denver. But, I mean, it's, it's a big – this is the kind of shit that happens, right? You have all of these NFL owners who think that they are above everything. They certainly believe that they're above the players – people get pissed off at the players for kneeling now we're going to have a little bit of backlash at least in court right towards these owners you ha- you now have what we hope to be a, a you know third party who's going to get involved and really pointing out the problems with what's going on because i don't know i don't know how it's going to play out in the media i'm not sure how we're going to cover it but i i appreciate this because this is the same uh, to me the players get a bad rap and they have for you know since the strike but anyhow, right very very quite uh, I'm interested in how this plays out and you know this is one of the reasons why I don't plan on watching the NFL this year just because of the relationship between players and owners owners specifically just just irritate me and I think that unlike any of the other sports, they're boisterous, they're uh, loudmouthed and they're oftentimes not smart and so, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit this one out, but I guess I use this entire uh, story as my platform to lead us to that conclusion. Thoughts? Yeah, You're cool? I mean I'm still I'm, I'm still gonna watch football, but I know you are. I know you are. So Sundays are free, dear. I'm I'm Sundays a walking contradiction. One of these days we got to talk about that. By the way, I told um, Dan and should, we need to do we need to get um, Dr. Brendan Kendall on this show. Who's not a huge sports fan, but he talks a lot about communication ethics, and I think that would be. Some interesting perspective. As long as we can basically kind of, what am I trying to say? Harness him.
0: He's a talker. I can can agree with everything you just said, and also think that the Red Zone Channel is badass. So I know. I know. I know. But the 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 mental
1: calculus that we do is pretty extensive. You know, I'm going to tune into Iowa football tomorrow. I'm going to turn into a lot of football tomorrow when I'm not forced to be doing wedding things. And uh, yeah, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch a lot of that stuff. So. A lot of college football. Um, all right, let's 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 move on to uh, an even more depressing case, which would be, I guess, do you want to start? Well, no, let's start with Michigan State, right? Yesterday, um, the NCAA, basically, I, they concluded their investigation of Michigan State. They wrote a letter and said that the athletic department handled Larry Nassar's abuse of student athletes and had the sc- uh, uh fine. And the school also handled allegations of sexual assault against members of the uh basketball and football teams uh fine cleared on all counts no rules were broken broken and michigan state will be allowed to move along now obviously there will be civil cases that that happen um i can i can the law get involved brian
0: i mean are we there right this can become a legal case yeah yeah no they can there's there's, there's a michigan state gymnastics coach who's being okay. charged now criminally charged with um, you know getting reports from from gymnasts and not passing them on properly um, which is you know like you know you're a, you're a, a, a state employee, you're a, a college teacher. Um, there's federal guidelines that oversee every college employee they make you a mandatory reporter if someone comes up to you and says that they're you know uh, afraid for their lives or they've been assaulted or sexually assaulted or suicidal or whatever you have to tell somebody like you do I do. Federal employees do so th- there's definitely, the, you know, the long arm of the law reaches into, um, you know, the college classroom and the college athletics department um, as well. I just, man, I, I I was rolling my eyes the entire time we were talking and it was not at you for anybody who noticed that. It was at this, like, how in the world can the NCAA be like, oh yeah, the university handled this fine <laughs> when there's a gymnastics coach being charged for getting reports from gymnasts that they were being sexually assaulted and then like turning around and not reporting that stuff anywhere. Look, like, obviously it didn't get handled Fine. So, like, one of two things is true: either the NCAA has, um, you know, no interest in doing a, a thorough investigation that that might put a black mark on on some teams that are, you know, within their purview or whatever, um, or their standards are just incredibly incredibly low and they need to be reevaluated. It's 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 insane to me that you could have a, a, a case like Larry Nassar with with how many charges, how many counts in the hundreds. And the NCAA be like, yeah, and NCAA be like, yeah, there's there's nothing that we expect the university to have done differently. Well, that's 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 bananas. I mean, uh, <laughs> this this cannot stand, man. Like I I I can't. No, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss. I really am.
1: You're obviously, you know, this is this is this gets you a little hot hot under the collar. So, um, what is the? You, you this morning you woke up in Michigan. What what are what are folks saying
0: there? about this news because it broke kind of late yesterday yeah i've i've i haven't i haven't heard anything yeah i'm not maybe it's maybe it's not maybe it's not soaked in yet i don't know personally when when i heard the story of the the gymnastics coach and this is a couple days old now if not a week old of 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 her getting criminally charged i was like you know finally right we we talked about this Mm -hmm. when the story broke months and months and months ago that at some point we need to draw a line where the culture of of competition and 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 a winning culture gives way to just normal common sense right (laughs) where where you know once the 30th kid comes to you and says they got sexually assaulted by the doctor instead of being like oh no you're blowing it out of proportion you're like oh no maybe some maybe there's actually fire here right i I don't know and and this this seems to be it right i think I I am guessing here, but I think some people are probably like, well, listen, it wasn't the gymnastics coach' fault. She wasn't the one who was doing it. It was the doctor. But if the allegations are true, all of these allegations went through this gymnastics coach, and she just said, "Fuck it." So that's yeah, that's, crimi- that's I know, criminal. That's criminal, in my opinion.
1: Oh, dude, it's 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 terrible. It's a terrible situation, and. Phew. I mean, there's another one happening just south of there, and we'll jump into Ohio State here in a second. But you pointed this out, like you said a couple of weeks ago, saying that money is is such a significant factor in these decision making uh, processes, and clearly that goes up not just the university level, but all the way up to the NCAA. There's a really good paragraph here I'll, I'll glean from uh, Deadspin's article on the situation, and they let's see, I'm trying to think who wrote this, Tom Lee, maybe. Uh, no, Devorah Myers wrote this, and it came out uh, yesterday afternoon. If you were expecting action from the NCAA in these matters, then you don't know the NCAA. Over the last few years, the NCAA has failed to adequately sanction institutions that have get engaged in academic fraud, UNC Chapel Hill creating fake classes for athletes so that they would maintain their eligibility, or sex abuse, child sex abuse, excuse me though it initially sanctioned Penn State in the wake of the Jerry Sandusky situation or case, these punishments were eventually reduced. I mean, this is the thing, right? I mean, the NCAA puts itself, right, has literally constructed a hierarchy in which it is at the top. And it is at the top and has all the power to, to dictate everything below it, how schools act, how athletes act, how coaches act. And then when this situation happens, Right when when serious cases, I'm not talking about some athlete tweeting something racist, and I understand that's serious. But in the in the grand scheme of what's going on here, this is major. It does nothing because it has no fucking power. It doesn't have power. It's got it's got nobody there in that institution that would be able to effectively adjudicate what's going on. Let's hope to God that um, the law gets involved because. If I'm, if I'm some of these athletes, if I'm an athlete at Michigan State, if I'm an alumni and this, yeah. and, and this gets broken yesterday, I mean, I'm a devastated. Devastated.
0: I don't know. Ridiculous. I don't think it would be crazy if Michigan State shut down its gymnastics program. I don't know if they did or not. It's sort of a self-imposed moratorium or a self-imposed death penalty. And truthfully, given the scope of this thing, I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, we're taking a year off sports. I mean, they'll never, they'll never do it. But I, if they did it, I'd be like, yeah, that seems reasonable. To me to go ahead and do that and you know the, the weird thing is oftentimes you get this this line from the ncaa that i've always kind of dug on which is like when they suspend programs or, or coaches get in trouble or whatever they call it that institutional oversight stuff like either you knew about this and you did nothing or you didn't know and you were out, you were in control right you should have known and you didn't That proves that you have no institutional oversight why is that not in play here right Given the the charges that, are, that have that not even charges at this point, given the things that Larry Nasser has pled guilty to, right? We know that there was a lack of institutional oversight that Michigan State athletics is not overseeing what's going on inside of its own backyard, and something should happen for the NCAA to come in and say everything's fine. I, I swear, man, I we have to talk about something else. I'm gonna blow. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow a gasket, dude. Well, oh, well, no, us just okay
1: same situation now let's talk about ohio state i'm not talking about well urban meyer let's we've already discussed that but yesterday brian and i were talking there was an article in the ap basically we are now up to 145 first-hand accounts or allegations of a team doctor of a you know an athletics department doctor abusing men and women male and female athletes and other students during the course of two decades at Ohio state. This is the, this is the wrestling situation that everybody said was a bunch of Mm -hmm. bullshit. Excuse me. Fake news, right? It was called fake news. I mean, 145 people where there's, this isn't smoke. This is fire. And again, institutional cover up. This is the same fucking institution that just let urban Meyer off the hook. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so aggravating. It's so aggravating. And, where this what this this governing body that in that is the NCAA, focus on this shit. Not whether or not some AAU coach is paying fifty thousand dollars to a kid that's got nothing. Like I just don't understand You're getting Johnny the
0: for selling autographs. Oh my
1: god. man. Frustrating. This is just oh it's just it's just yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? What do you what, when when you read this story about Ohio State, did you have thoughts on this, or did you want to talk about Urban Meyer? No, where, it, where do you stand it
0: was it was deja vu all over again, man. It was it was it was, it was the exact same thing. And when, when listen, if you go back to the episode when we talked about this Ohio State thing, you know, I uh-huh. we, we we speculated that that maybe the Nassar thing was going to, and this is sort of like a broader, I think, uh, kudos to the to the Me Too movement of giving, giving people the courage to fucking come out and say, and, and say what happened to them. Right. That I, 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 don't think that this will end with Ohio state. Right. It's the, that it seems to be an MO right. Of, of people in positions of, of, of power, you know, doctors having sort of more access to people than others and, and being in a position of, of, of trust might be in a, in a position where they're more likely to get away with something like this. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you, if you have more stories like this, that, that break, um, but it seems like in both cases, you know, in, in, in the Ohio state wrestling case, it was an open secret. Like mm-hmm. there's no doubt that everyone knew about it in the locker room. Cause they would, they would joke about it. Right. Is that, man, we've already covered the problems with that and sort of the machismo that goes along with that and kind of the unwillingness to recognize it for what it was in the seventies and eighties and, 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 that sort of stuff. But it, it, it's, it seems clear that there was knowledge about this and that no one, no one took any action for whatever reason, because they didn't want, to believe it or because they thought it would cost them money or whatever. Right. Um, so I, I don't know, man. Uh,
1: I know it's frustrating. I can tell that you're super, super pissed off and I am too. I am too. Uh, obviously this, I'm guessing we're going to have to talk more about the Ohio state, uh, the doctor, that Dr. Richard Strauss. I mean, it, this is, it's an AP story yesterday. It's going to gain momentum. It's a really poor time, right, uh, to be getting too much attention because college football starting, and we know that media outlets are going to focus on that. But um, I wanted to say something before we move on to the final story of today. Uh, o- uh, Ohio State Trustee Jeffrey Wadsworth actually resigned yesterday because he wanted a harsher punishment for Urban Meyer. Uh, there was a really good article in Bleacher Report about this, so basically uh, Wadsworth His quote is, I didn't feel that I'd seen high integrity behavior. And you have this, this dude, right. Who is stepping down basically because urban Meyer got three games, three game suspension for how he handled the domestic abuse allegations towards former receivers coach, Zach Smith. If you listen to the apology or whatever the hell you would call that, um, he, he cops to knowing that it was going on and then just simply mishandling it. And so, hey, props to this guy for having a spine, right, for leaving this this position at OSU. I'm guessing a very, very uh, uh, powerful position and, you know, basically telling the school to go eat shit because they didn't do it right. So, um, yeah, interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, yeah, man. it's kind of an interesting, so kind of an interesting
0: protest move, right, to see if, if, yeah. if it draws more attention or whatever. Probably won't. Yeah, Probably Brad won't. People know who Urban Meyer is, and they have no idea who uh, Jeffrey nope. Wadsworth is. Yeah.
1: Uh, now, uh, Brad Yachty, is on. He's following the, the live stream there on Facebook and mentioned that the Tom Herman allegations or implications, right? Which is, uh, if you've been reading up on that, perhaps involved in some of the situation, knowingly, uh, you know. Ha- knowingly uh, uh, supporting Zach Smith. I don't know what to call that. Uh, that story hasn't necessarily broken too much, but you have... Oh, this is the strip club thing. thing. Yeah, the strip club thing. But you have the University of Texas football coach that um, you know, also apparently knew about what was going on. I don't know. No, he went, right? He went. Oh, no, no, no. He went to the strip club, yes. But um, I'm not sure where it falls in terms of domestic abuse. And, you think that's and still
0: going on on these recruiting trips? Or is that like a thing? Oh,
1: that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, for sure. You think it still happens with all this? Dude, Dude, there's so much shit that goes on. There's so much shit that goes on. All right. You've got two minutes. Can you summarize your wonderful video that that we posted yesterday about um, Pythagorean theorem? luck factor and MLB standings. I thought it was fantastic. I just want you to summarize it again so that way people can watch the video on Instagram. Uh, So it's on IGTV or on Facebook because baseball fans, if you want to nerd out, give Brian five minutes of your time and it is well worth it. You want to kind of make that pitch for the video? Yeah,
0: sure. So, I mean, the short version is, you know, I was just looking at baseball standings the other day and noticed some interesting things in terms of uh, Major League baseball uh, their website calls this expected win loss xwl or baseball reference calls it your Pythagorean win loss but basically um, it's a formula that predicts how many wins you should have in a season based on your run differential right how many runs you scored versus how many runs you've given up in the season um, and I just kind of compared that to what the what the current standings are so there's some interesting some interesting stuff going on the Red sox have the best record in baseball uh with houston having the the third best record in baseball but if you look at their expected win loss uh then that actually flips the the astros go into first place and the red Sox go into second place um and then there's some other some other just interesting uh pythagorean win loss uh records that you can compare to to real wins that are that are kind of interesting as well the rockies who look like they might make the playoffs or at least in position where they, they can Hold on, they can they can be in the playoffs. Have um, a, a pretty low Pythagorean win loss. Uh, I think they're they have seventy two real wins, but their uh, Pythagorean win loss is like seven, six or seven games um, fewer than that. Yeah, they should be sixty five. So uh, sixty five and sixty eight is their Pythagorean win loss. They're a below five hundred team, so it's just interesting, right? Like we 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 kind of in in other sports that don't have quite as many games. I think. We tend to think if you win a game, regardless of if it was ugly or or if it was a beatdown, you deserved that win. But baseball, because there's so many games, it's it's inevitable that you're gonna luck into some wins, right? You're gonna have a day where you you know you mm-hmm. win a game one to mm-hmm. nothing just because the other team wasn't hot or you know, you you get lucky in, in extra innings or or something like that. And so because there's so many baseball games, you can Uh, based on this formula, there are teams who have lucked into as many as 12 or 13 or 14 wins. And there are teams who have, who have lucked their way out of five or six or seven or eight wins. So we tend to think of your record as this kind of end all be all. And it is in some senses, right? It determines what, what gets you in the playoffs. But if you're really interested in determining the, the overall or relative quality of a team, looking at their expected win loss versus their actual wins, you might find that your team is a lot better than they look like they are on paper or a lot worse. Uh, An example of a team that's a lot better is the Dodgers, who are 72 and 62 right now, but based on their run differential, their expected win loss would be 80 and 54, which would put them in first place um, in the National League. Uh, So it's interesting, right? Case in point here, the last thing I'll say, the Rockies, who are how many games above 500, 11 games above 500, have a negative run differential, They've scored six hundred and twenty four runs yeah. and they've given up six hundred and thirty eight runs. If just based on that run differential, you would expect that team to be below five hundred. Right? Not eleven games above five hundred.
1: Yeah. I know. Man, I hate and the thing about that, like you just reeled off those that's those stats. I really feel bad for the Dodgers. I mean Ugh, this, they could Dodgers could miss the playoffs. They could miss the playoffs. And if you look at that number, they're a very good team.
0: Right, but Pythagorean win loss, they should be the fifth best team in baseball. Oh my god! Houston, Boston, crazy. New York, Cleveland, Dodgers. They should Pythagorean win loss has them at eighty and fifty four. Yeah. Their luck factor, up. luck factor is what uh, the, the, the luck factor is the difference between your actual wins and losses versus your Pythagorean win losses. So it can be plus or minus. They have a minus eight luck factor, same as Houston. That's Jesus. And Seattle is a plus 12 luck factor. Yeah, that's the, that's <laughs> another
1: statistic. All right, pal. Uh, well, that was fantastic. I'm glad we could end on a high note. Uh, everybody, again, if you're listening to this podcast tomorrow while you're having an adult beverage and consuming some college football, if you wanted to post that somewhere on social media to document that you're doing that, we will send a Sports Nerds koozie your way and we would really really love to do that we've got a brand new uh supply of koozies and i think brian we need to do shirts i think we got to do shirts 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 yeah are we gonna do iowa colors again or are we gonna mix it up well we probably mix it up we should do <laughs> customized shirts with our faces we could do michigan colors we could do iowa colors um let's experiment we'll figure it out uh everybody hope you have a fancy vice golf balls Ooh, those are sweet too we should do golf balls well, pal, great show today. Everybody, thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at sports.nerds. We are on Twitter at underscore sports nerds. And we are on Facebook, fb.me slash nerds. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us today. And we will be back next week. Brian Schrader, have a fantastic weekend, buddy. Have a good one. All right, see ya.